What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 32, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episodes, The Tok'ra, parts 1 and 2. And you can find us on Google Play Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts. And in those locations, you can give us ratings and reviews and help us get this wonderful product that we are creating with love out into the world. And on Spotify, you can find us as well. And you just type in the word Stargate in the little podcast searchy do and pretty soon to fast you find our podcast and you can then hit the little heart button and i don't know if that does anything in real life but you know what i'm gonna pretend like it does something because that makes me feel better uh it and makes then, me feel good too brent i know it's so it's warms the cockles of my heart and then when folks are saying to themselves my goodness this this show is just so charming. It's so delightful. <laughs> I wish I could reach out to Zach and Brent and tell them how I feel. Zach, how would they do that? Well, there's easy ways of doing that, Brent. Uh, one Semaphore? of the ways you can do that. What? Semaphore? Se- well, I wouldn't By necessarily the way, call semaphore easy. But we, uh, sure, if you wanted, you could try Semaphore. <laughs> we have a we have uh, an outstanding challenge. A while ago, I said if somebody could get a message to me via Semaphore, I would do something. And I can't remember what the something was. But <laughs> I have not received a message by Semaphore yet. So I'm just saying. Maybe you have and maybe you've just missed it. I have not received... <laughs> I'm not saying somebody attempted to send <laughs> even directly in my face, but I have not received it. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Well, okay. So, <clears throat> so uh, making the assumption that semaphore is not a good option for you, nor are smoke signals. Um, I would recommend that you get a hold of us by either following us on Twitter at Stargate Walking uh, and interact with us there. And by us, I mean mostly Brent, because I occasionally pop in there, and I don't know how often Brent pops in there, but you can do that. Another way of doing that is finding us on Facebook at Walking Through the Stargate. We have a Facebook page. Go ahead and find that and like it and follow it. Uh, We'll let you know when episodes come out reasonably accurately uh and then we have a facebook group yeah i got back on facebook thanks everybody yeah oh look brent but brent ed also doesn't like facebook and he is on facebook too yeah for this so you can commiserate with ed solidarity that's right anyway all right Um, so Uh, so you can also, we have a Facebook group, Walking mm-hmm. Through the Stargate Facebook group. Uh, go ahead and look that up and follow us there or join that group. Uh, as soon as you say, I'd like to join the group, I get a notification on my phone and I generally go in there and hit accept as soon as mm-hmm. I can. Uh, I haven't yet met somebody who wants to join that group that I'm like, nope, not going to let that person in. So you all are <laughs> welcome to join and have fun talking about Stargate. Uh, and, and Stargate related uh, things. And Stargate related things. Like a Tim Hortons um, you know, commercial. That's right. That's right. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you have to go to the Facebook group and find out because it is nice good. Thing. And I want to thank Ed yes. for that. He actually sent that to us via email, and we'll get into the email in just a minute. Uh, oh, And I good. said, that's wonderful, Ed. Why don't you put that on Facebook? Uh, and then he's like, grumble, 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 grumble. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was not aware of that. So, by the way, I have been so I yeah. And again, we're, we'll get to email here in just a second. But I have been staying off the email because, uh, and it's fine um, because folks are, I don't know, rightly, reasonably, it's totally normal to be talking spoilerish. Um, they're excited. That's awesome. But yeah, th- that means I can't read any of this. <laughs> so. The other way you can get a hold of us is by emailing us. You can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Wow. Wow. Smoking. Uh, Walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. And so here, here is my request to you, dear listeners. If you have spoilers in your email (laughs) episode... Put in the subject heading, spoilers! Yeah, and that's then a good idea. that'll be a sign for Brent to say, don't read this email. Yes. And it'll give me a sign like, oh, okay, I really need to pay attention to that one uh, so that we can uh, see what's going on there. And then I can go in there and, and heavily redact it as necessary <laughs> so that I can say, here you go, Brent. You can actually read this one now. <laughs> so the uh, – and one, one good thing is that I am quite good at – uh, noticing the word spoilers anywhere within something, s- immediately stopping, moving away, and then kind of basically forgetting what I saw. It's weird that I'm good at that, but I am good at that. So it's okay. Like if if uh, uh, I, I like this plan better, like just just say it up front, and I'll and I'll stay away from it. But I'm just letting folks know that if you have made something. And it's in one of these channels. And you said to yourself, ah, it's kind of spoilery information. If it, if it is, if I pick up at all that it has anything to do with something I haven't seen yet, I'm really good at just kind of like being like, boop, moving along and not. So don't worry. Uh, between that and, uh, you know, like me being an old man and just kind of forgetting things, um, you, your secrets are safe. All the cool Brent, stuff you're that's going to happen than in the me. future. Stop calling yourself an old man. <clears throat> well, you know, I, maybe it's more like selective memory, uh, but whatever. Oh. It's working out. We're doing fine. Yep. All right. So uh, email us, follow us on Twitter, find us on Facebook. Uh, You know, uh, let's make this a community that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, It is a lot of fun. So so I was looking at uh, our RSS feed, Pinecast, and uh, and we have like almost 100 listeners now, or at least 100 subscribers. And that's exciting. So something's been happening. So like last time I was mentioning that I had like kind of sort of did a cross promotional tweet um, and I didn't intend it to be cross promotional. It was literally like, hey, I found this other podcast. Hey, they did an episode on an on emancipation. It was great to listen to because I hate that episode so much. <laughs> and and so I was like, yeah, hey, take a listen to this. Well, but what's been happening, although side note Part of me wonders how much of this that I'm seeing is actually bot action, but well, that's another thing entirely. Um, but what's been happening is that like folks are listening to our podcast and tweeting about it, um, not so much as in like, you know, oh my goodness, Brent is so dreamy. It's more along lines of like, I'm listening to these seven podcasts today and ours is in the mix. And yeah. then people are like, you know, liking it and retweeting it and things like that. And so it's like, oh, <laughs> So this is what social media is supposed to do. (laughs) So this is why. Oh, I get it. So yeah, yeah. My my primary experience of social media is is the vitriolic, evil, bad kind. Yeah. Uh, 
And, and I have no desire at all, even a little bit, to participate in that no. at all. No. Zilch. Neither do I. Yeah. Um, but if we actually get people, you know, talking about and sharing uh, things that are meaningful uh, and, and not ripping each other apart, then that right. becomes really fun. And yeah. thank you very much to all of you who are part of our uh relatively small social media group. Thank you because you guys have all been great on Facebook especially and probably Twitter as well because I don't pay much time. To, you know, it's been a great community and I've just yeah. seen a lot of people just, you know, having fun uh, sharing this thing that we love. Now, something crossed my mind recently. I think it was in the past week. Uh, and by no means am I committing to this idea in the least However, I have never once felt a desire to really – that's not true. I have minimally felt desire to attend various cons. Um, the, the notion of being like, oh, hey, it would be neat to hear Patrick Stewart talk about blah, or oh, hey, it would be neat to be hearing Michael, uh, you know, Michael Shanks talking about something. You know, like that, that has crossed my mind, but I haven't really been like, you know, and I'm going to do it. The thought of like folks that listen to our podcast, like uh, attending a thing – and going to the thing actually was like, huh, that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? So, you know, again. I've thought about that, Brent. I've thought about that. I mean, wouldn't it be cool well, if we well. could? And, you know, there's actually uh, a con, uh, at least there was a con in not too long ago in Chicago, or maybe it's coming up, I'm not certain, a Stargate, Stargate con in Chicago, uh, which is fairly easy for both of us to get to, uh-huh. relatively speaking. Um uh, and obviously that's not going to happen if it's in the near future. It's not going to happen this year. No, totally, if, totally. Uh, but, you yeah, know, that's something, something about. That, that is at least um, on my hypothetical radar. Um, the last con I went to uh, was a Star Trek con- convention in Cedar Rapids when I was in high school. So <laughs> that was a while ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so there's this theoretical idea that, that uh, a number of us descend on a poor, hap- uh, a poor hapless city and, uh, and then further descend on a poor hapless bar and be like, <laughs> you know, you know, pints, pints all around. Pints. All right. So, Brent, we have been chatting quite yeah. a bit now. And yeah. it's probably time for us to start digging into this episode because we have not one but two episodes to dig yeah. through. Do yeah. We, do we okay. have to? We, Brantley, Brantley. Mm. Uh, okay, just, let's do it. He, ju- he just uh, uh, spoiled his own thoughts. Foreshadowing. It's foreshadowing. It's oh. not spoiling. It's foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Okay, and in any case, Tokra, parts one and two uh, are direct. Both of them are directed by Brad Turner mm-hmm. and written by Jonathan Glasner. Uh, this is Brad's, this is the third time we've heard Brad Turner's name. Uh, this is the first time in season two, however, and he's got a total of eight directing credits throughout the whole series. So we've heard his name with Thor's hammer and then also with Mm Hathor. Uh, we'll also see his name one more time this season. He's directed a ton of stuff and his very first directing credit, according to IMDb comes in the year 1987 in the show Airwolf 2. Have you ever heard of this one? Tell me more. It's definitely ringing a bell. He directed three episodes in the show Airwolf 2 in 87. Um, Airwolf 2 only lasted one season. 
However, uh, Airwolf began in 1984 and ran for three seasons. Mm -hmm. And then in 87, apparently, they did a significant revamp of the show, and they called it Airwolf 2, or maybe just Airwolf (laughs) Season 4. I don't know. Here's the basic description. The series, this is about the the last season, has been revamped with an all-new cast. St. John, the brother whom Stringfellow Hawk had been looking for during the original series, has finally been found and is now the new pilot of a high-tech helicopter. Joe, Dominic Santini's niece, is also part of the team. Jason Locke is the new contact at the agency, and Mike Rivers is a hotshot pilot. In it, in it, after finding Hawk, they decide to continue to deal that Stringfellow Hawk had with the agency. They keep Airwolf location a secret and will go on missions for the agency. You, you keep, you kept saying words and, and reasonably speaking, they formed sentences. But I had no idea what you were saying. Well, okay, None of those- Brett, I was reading this. And I still don't have any idea what I was saying. Um, Suffice it to say, IMDb gives this a 5.5 out of 10 with 751 votes. Jeez, I mean, that's better than half. Whatever. Okay. All right. It's right down the middle. Uh, So he directed three episodes of that season. And I have to say, suffice it to say that his work does get better. Yes. Theoretically. Theoretically. The teleplay is by Jonathan Glasner. This is his sixth and seventh out of 13 total writing credits for the show. Uh, We've seen him with Children of the Gods, The Broken Mm -hmm. Divide, Hathor, Within the Serpent's Grasp. Those are all season one and The Gamekeeper Mm -hmm. earlier this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. He has two more writing credits this season. Uh, Jonathan is one of the creators of the show. And if you Mm -hmm. want to know more about him, then I invite you to go see our previous podcast. I don't see him, listen to him, but you know, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we have a lot of guest actors in this show. Uh, mm-hmm. Carmen Argenziano uh, plays Jacob Carter. He mm-hmm. was born in on October 27, 1943 in Sharon, Pennsylvania. Uh, his first acting credit, according to IMDb, was in 1969 when he played Dave Klein in one episode of Judd for the Defense. I have okay. never heard of that show. Uh, Jacob Carter is probably the role he is most famous for. He appears 25 times in Stargate over the course of the season, the series. Uh, So we're going to see quite a bit more of No kidding. Um, His acting credits are quite extensive over the course of his career. And sadly, I just realized this as I was writing these notes for this, that uh, he died just a couple months ago on February 10th, 2019. Uh, Gotcha. All right. So uh, rest in peace. Yep. Carmen Argenziano. Uh, we also have Sarah Douglas, who plays Garsha of Belote. Uh, she was born in Stratford-upon-Avon uh, on December 12, 1952. She's been in dozens of movies and TVs, and mm-hmm. you probably recognize her most yeah. from Ursa in yep. Superman 2. She was yep. one of the Kryptonians who tries to kill everybody. Yes. This is her only Stargate credit. Uh, and then we have J.R. Bourne, who plays Martouffe and Lantash. Oh, uh, yeah. He was born in 1970 in Toronto. Uh, he's an actor and director, best known probably for being on the show Teen Wolf that started in 2011. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not. Uh, no. um, I've seen a couple of episodes here and there. Uh, 
he has an extensive acting career and appears in seven total episodes of Stargate, mm-hmm. um, which actually kind of surprised me because I was thinking that he was actually in more than just seven episodes, but it, apparently it's just seven. So. Well, if, uh, if um, Jacob Carter shows up a total of 25 times. I guess seven is a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, sort of. No, sort of. Whatever. Yeah. Knowing that uh, knowing that Jacob Carter shows up twenty five times and I've seen him twice, that tells me an awful lot about the Tokra. But that's okay. Like I said, selective memory. I'm going to forget it. Mm. Well, there what? you go. Who are the Tokra? What? Yeah. Huh? Um, we also have Winston Record, who played Kordesh, Joy Coghill, mm-hmm. who played Sarush slash Selmac, and mm-hmm. then of course we have Steve McCodge. Returning as Colonel Makepeace. Makepeace. <laughs> I think, was it, was it Broken Divide that we saw him the first time? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He, he was one of those uh, marine jarheads that you were yeah. joking about. Yeah. yeah, the marines to clean the place up. Yep, that's right. Colonel that's Makepeace. Right. <laughs> Colonel Makepeace. Uh, we'll know, learn more about Colonel Makepeace uh, in the future. He, we'll see yep. him again. All right. Uh, so, Tokra Parts 1 and 2 aired on October 2nd and 9th in 1998. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it was really easy to do the number one in the charts because the number one in the charts was the same for US, UK, and Australia. Uh, in the US, it was The First Night by Monica. In the UK, it was Roller Coaster by Bewitched. And in Australia, oh, it was I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Gotcha. I don't remember the first night. Uh, I don't remember any of those. I don't remember his roller coaster. I do remember I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Yeah, again. we had that conversation last week. The worst song in the world. Yes. And uh, did, you miss, did you mention the Portugal one? I haven't yet. I was getting there. Yeah, yeah. Do and uh, thank you very much to Tiago, who sent us a message via Facebook that in Portugal at this point in time, they were listening to Borrow by Silence 4. He describes it as a terrible song. I was listening to it. It's terrible. Okay. Well, you know, it was the 90s. It was the 90s. Bad songs. And the uh, the music video was also really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so bad. It's good. Okay. So so in the box office for October 2nd, they were watching Ants, number one, What Dreams May Come. Rush oh, Hour, yeah. A Night at the Roxbury, and Ronin. So that Night week, three of the top five were brand new movies. Um, and that's eh, actually that kind of a... Well, fair enough. Uh, then the following week, we had uh, uh, Ants is number one still. Rush Hour goes from three to two. Mm-hmm. What Dreams May Come go from two to three. Mm-hmm. A Night in the Roxbury sticks there at four. And we mm-hmm. get a new movie, Holy Man, at number five. Mm-hmm. And okay. So there you go. Uh, what's been happening in the world at this point in time? On October 1st, Vladimir Putin becomes a permanent member of the Security Council of the Russian Federation. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yay for Putin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yay, Putin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Putin. Uh, October 2nd. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, with his team struggling at 28 for three, Australian cricket batsman Steve Wow uh, or Wah or Wof, I don't know, I like it's W-A-U-G-H, Let's whatever wow. it is. Wow. Steve Wow. Wow. He smashes a brilliant 157 to guide the tourists to an innings 
and 99-run win over Pakistan in the first test in Rawalpindi. So, hilariously. So, I don't know anything about cricket other than it can take a long time. Yeah, well, uh, sort of. Um, and and a fair amount of what that just said, uh, uh, I actually think I know. I bothered to to learn a thing or two about cricket, and so uh, batting 157, I think the batsman stays in position. He's, yeah, he's running back and forth. He keeps hitting the ball, running back and forth, and every time he runs back and forth, points are scored. And I can't remember how many points. And if you like get it over the edge, it's like six points. And if you hit it to the edge, it's three or something. Blah blah blah. So he like scores a bajillion points. Um, and in doing so, uh, you know, it, so according to this, then they must have been down forty uh, uh, some points to Pakistan. No, sixty some points to Pakistan. Whatever. And then, and then he, then he came from behind. Also, Sweet. auspiciously, on October second, nineteen ninety-eight, yours truly had his birthday. Ah, well, happy birthday to Brent on October second. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, how old was Brent in ninety-eight? I turned that, 18 on that day. Oh. Mm-hmm. I went and bought a lottery ticket. Vote. I didn't. I voted. I did vote uh, a month could, after that. Vote yeah, that year. <clears throat> um, yep. Okay. On October 3rd, Roddy McDowell, who was the British actor uh, from Planet of the Apes, he played the main ape in that. Uh, he dies at the age of 70. Mm-hmm. October 7th, uh, Matthew Shepard, who was a gay student at the University of Wyoming, was found tied to a fence after being yeah. savagely beaten yeah. by two adults in Laramie, Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, that is a rather infamous date here in the United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Um, so we remember Matthew Shepard and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, October 8, Jose Saramago, Saramago is the first person from Portugal to be awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature. Mm-hmm. And then on October 11th, the Congo Airlines Boeing 727 is shot down by rebels in Kindu, Democratic Republic of Congo, killing 40 people. Yeah. So there's a lot that Yikes. was happening at this point in yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, a couple of trivia que- uh, points here for the Tokra. Uh, in the episode In the Line of Duty, go ahead and say it, Brent. Duty. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jackson... <laughs> Stated that Tokra means resistance, and in right. this episode, he recognizes that Tokra literally means against Ra, Tokra. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which actually I think is kind of cool. And being uh, somebody who has studied uh, multiple languages, not that I'm good at anything there, but I've studied many many languages, especially ancient languages. Uh, that's actually very similar to what would happen. You have a word that means resistance, and if you actually parse it out, it actually means literally something else, uh, which connects the dots. Ah, gotcha. Okay, cool. Uh, You see that in in Greek a lot, actually, um, and and Hebrew, and and those (laughs) mainly. So you're telling me... So you're telling me that the German tradition of making new words by just smashing like 17 words together, which of course accurately describe what they're trying to say, but then translates to something much smaller, that, 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 that's a tradition that goes back a long way? Yeah. Well, we have compound yeah. words that do the same thing. It's just not as extensive as German. But uh, Right. <laughs> uh, we have now uh, tapped out the, the list of languages that I have studied. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. And gotcha. done. <laughs> um. So, also, in this episode, we feature the uh, brand new CGI for the ring transports. 
Uh, so the ring transports in this and are new for this episode, and they'll be uh-huh. continued to be used later on. Uh, uh-huh. Up until this point, the footage they used was all from the original movie. Gotcha. I so, see. Yeah. Uh, there are some goofs in this show. Uh, when Martouf and, and Carter are talking about Carter having been a host to Joel and R, Carter makes a comment about how this must be what it feels like to be schizophrenia, to be mm-hmm. schizophrenic, to have schizophrenia. And that is doing eyeballs wrong. Right now. I, yeah, I'm doing yeah. side eye pretty uh, hard. Yep. The symptom <clears throat> of having more than one person, which is what Carter is talking about, is a characteristic of dissociative identity disorder or mm-hmm. previously known as multiple personality disorder. Dissociative identity is, is a better way of doing that. Uh, which is a condition that certainly exists and people have it, but it is completely distinct from and unrelated to schizophrenia. Schizophrenia mainly has the symptoms of delusions, hallucinations, paranoia, fugue-like episodes, or some combination thereof. Uh, Mm -hmm. This confusion is a common one. Uh, You know, I mean, I remember talking about schizophrenia being multiple personalities when I was a kid even Uh, but the word and that's in partly because schizophrenia means literally split mind schizo Mm -hmm. from Greek meaning to split and phrenia which is mind Mm -hmm. Uh, schizophrenia split mind however the use of the word for schizophrenia it talks about the mental functions that characterizes schizophrenia on a neurobiological level not the Mm -hmm. splitting of a personality Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Uh, And so this is one of those moments where, uh, you know, I I say bad on you, Stargate, because you should have known better even in 98, and you should have done better than that. Um, Somebody should have caught that. Somebody should have caught that. Um, And since nobody did in 98, I will in 2019. Yes. And I'm right there behind you. Yep. Um, So... Uh, also, a goof, uh, you can see a reflection of a black backdrop, a camera, and its operator in Colonel O'Neill's sunglasses when the team is first speaking with Atoka in the desert. I huh. tried to look for it, and I missed it, and I didn't have time to go back and find it again. Yeah, I didn't notice that. You know. Um, no also, when the doctor shocks Jacob Carter, his placement of the paddles is way wrong. One does go on the left side, but the other one goes on the upper, uh, on the right side toward the shoulder, not on the lower sternum, as shown. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not uh, a real okay. doctor. No, he's not. <laughs> he only plays one on TV, <laughs> oh, and, and, and he plays it badly too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Look, it was it was five seconds, and he got two hundred dollars. What can you ask there for? There you right? go. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, now, when Selmak leaves Sarouche and enters into Jacob. Uh, that graphic makes it look like a very, very short, stubby, larval guo. Yeah, it um, did. And that that has bugged me ever since I've watched it. Because, like, wait a second. The 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 mature guo uh, would be dark in color and quite lengthy, and this is just this tiny little... Uh, <laughs> You know, and I'm like, part of me. So honestly, I don't think this is a goof. Um, I think this was a decision because think about it. Imagine watching a couple of actors in a television show that isn't being billed as a horror show uh, sitting there while a very lengthy tendril traverses from one head to the other. Like the little the little tiny like boop of like a, a very small, uh, very quick uh, ghouled larva uh or wait a minute. 
I'll have to get my terminology right. Whatever. Anyway, of a, a, a very quick little uh, junior from one to the other is less visually disturbing than watching a tentacle thing with a fin. Wobble, 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 wobble. You know, like right. <laughs> that right. that now, might be a now, little intense. I, I I totally agree with you there. However, uh, I would say that it would have been way. It would have been. I can understand that you would do that given the length. You know, to make it just yes. very short, stubby, yes. quick, whoop, in there yes. and be done. Um, but the color of it, it's already been established, uh, the coloring of the larval, which is this yep. kind of pale white, okay. uh, and then the dark brown of the mature symbiote. If this is yep. one of the oldest and wisest, he's not yes. a larval. Right. Uh, Precisely. And so, uh, you know, I get that, that for the sake of television and for not trying to gore people out, to have something, right. you know, short that just goes zip, that makes sense. Uh, but the coloring is still... Coloring is wrong. Okay, wrong. back into the goof category. Yep, okay. Uh, and then um, when Kamantha... Kamantha? Kamantha, Kamantha... We, we did that before. Yeah. Kamantha Carter. When, when Kamantha <laughs> Carter, uh, Jacob and Martouf are fleeing the vanishing tunnels, they ring to the surface of the planet to head to the, to the Stargate. And as the rings disappear, you can actually see their footsteps into the sand from... Uh, leading from behind the ring area. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know. You know, uh, yeah, whatever. Honestly, uh, uh, again, this that, is another one whatever. of those things where, where as I was watching it, uh, I, I, there was enough time separating when I wrote this to when I was watching it that I missed it, and I didn't have time to go back and see it. But uh, there it is. I, I think that a, ret- a fast retcon that would be acceptable is that the the ring area is the transport area, and if people are going down to the tunnels, they have to walk from somewhere to the transport area. So those footsteps, although they clearly are theirs, no, those footsteps were totally somebody else's from a previous um, time. Yeah. That's all. One of the things that, that I also noticed as I was watching this is when uh, they bring Jacob into the tunnels, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's the chaos going on, and, and basically we see uh, the tunnels, and we see them putting a couple of carts there, and the rings coming and taking it up, and then sure. the rings come back down, and then we get our heroes. Yes. And unless that ring is going somewhere else, which nothing in the episode ever suggests, then why yeah. is the surface not covered with people frantic? There's that, That's a great point. Also, uh, it kind of also indicates that, like, two-way transportation of material is possible with the rings, like, simultaneously. We've, right? we, that's been established. That was established even as early as the movie. No, I'm saying that simultaneously something's going up and something's coming down at the exact same time. Right. We see that in the movie. When? Um, when, uh, right at the end, when uh, uh, we, we get... Yeah, it's the bomb, and and uh, O'Neill says, "Say hello to King Tut, jerk." And the, oh, and, and then it, 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 right. the bomb goes up, and then who comes down? But uh, uh, Sharae and 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 uh, uh, Jackson. Fine. However, re- my my nerd card gets revoked a little, but I'm going to punch a new one. Okay, well that's fine. Here you go. <laughs> uh, that, that's the beauty of nerd carts is that you just yeah that's right I mean, there's an infinite supply <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but um, you're right I mean like like either those are the very first crates or there should have been a clue that something was going on but even if they were the very first crates surely there's somebody on the surface ready to collect them because they went by themselves yeah possibly totally right. in any case it's a good point there you go um 
So, uh, just a quick note, though, that uh, the ring transports and gate travel are different. Ring transports and gate travel are different. Yes. So, you can, you know, do a, a dual swipe and such. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. You can you can ring transport to a gate, which is act. No, just I'm, anyway. Okay. All right. 32 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we got a lot to cover here. It's two yeah, episodes. Yeah, we do. Um, all right, do you want me, want me to do the whole synopsis, or do you want to do part one, me do part two, or how do you want to cut um, this? I don't know. I don't really mind either way. Uh, how about you do part one? I'll do part two. Okay. Part one. The Tok'ra. Captain Samantha Carter has a vision from Jolinar of Malkshire, the Tok'ra with whom she was temporarily joined. She glimpses the coordinates of a planet to which the Tok'ra flee. After waking up, she discusses with Hammond and SG-1 whether they should go to the planet or not. They could form an alliance. They could exchange technology. It's approved. Just before they leave, Carter calls her father, Jacob, to see how he is doing. She explains it might be a while before she returns. The call is painfully brief. SG-1 arrives in a desert with no apparent signs that people are around. They make their way towards a random dune when they are ambushed and surrounded by several people with staff weapons. Carter recognizes one of them as Martouf and says she knows them all as Tok'ra. The captors are extremely cautious, but eventually agree to take SG-1 to their base. Meanwhile, at Stargate Command, General Hammond receives a phone call from Jacob Carter. Things are not going so well, and Hammond goes to the hospital to visit him. It seems that although they have cleaned out all of the lymph nodes, a squandering of those little buggers got themselves reassigned to his liver. It doesn't look like he has long to live. He asks Hammond to tell him the truth about what his daughter is doing. Unfortunately, Hammond has to refuse because it is classified. However, things start to go wrong, and the doctors tell Hammond to get his family here ASAP. SG-1 is taken underground by transportation rings into a compound in which looks exactly the same as, one, as the one from Carter's vision. It is enti- made entirely out of grown crystals. On their way to meet the Tok'ra leader, uh, they see Selmak, a dying Tok'ra. All members of SG-1 are asked whether they want to be the new host for Selmak, but they all refuse, especially Carter, who feels that once was enough. Afterward, they meet with Garshaw of Belot, the most wanted Tok'ra of all. SG-1 starts by offering an alliance with the Tok'ra against the system lords. They are questioned, and the first thing for which they account is how they come to find the base. That gives Carter a chance to explain what happened to Jalinar. Martouf is obviously affected by this news. After a rusty start, SG-1 is asked to wait until the Tok'ra High Council meets to discuss their proposal of an alliance. While waiting, Carter takes a walk with Martouf, hoping to understand Jalinar better. Carter and Martouf share a touching connection as she begins to understand more of Jalinar. Dr. Jackson arrives suddenly, informing her that the council is ready to meet. In a newly grown chamber, SG-1 meets the council and starts negotiating about the alliance, specifically on how the Tauri could be of use to the Tok'ra and whether they could be trusted or not. They are interrupted by the arrival of SG-3, who have orders to extract Carter. 
Before they can leave, the Council reaches a decision. The Tauri are no use to them, as they are a security risk to the Tok'ra because of their knowledge of their location. They cannot leave the base until a new base is established. Worse still, Carter is not allowed to leave either, because according to the Tok'ra, she is the highest security risk of all, since she contains the memories of Jolinar of Malkshire. To be continued. <coughs> Part 2. To break the stalemate of benevolent incarceration, Carter asks to see, to see Garshaw to offer her a host that would save Selmak. Earlier, they learned that the Tok'ra numbers are thinning as they cannot always find a willing host when one dies. The Gul'uld have no qualms taking a body by force, so the Tok'ra will eventually lose their struggle. Jack and Carter are allowed to leave through the Stargate to propose Jacob Carter blend with Selmak. Carter talks to her father and tells him the truth about her job and explains the situation. He agrees to help them gain the trust of the Tok'ra. Upon their return to the Tok'ra base, they discover that everyone is evacuating and Daniel, Teal'c, and SG-3 are helping. Gu'uld attack ships are on their way. Huh, look at that typo. Attach. Attach uh, ships. No, Gu'uld attack ships are on their way. Daniel tells Jack and Sam that the Gu'uld system lords are poised to attack the planet. Oh, I, that, never mind. Jack goes off to help the evacuation and Sam and Jacob make their way to Selmak. While Selmak and Jacob get to know each other, Jack does some digging on how the system lords got wind of the location of the base and discovers that Kordesh appears to use a long-range visual communication device. After Jack tells this to Garshaw, she and several other Tok'ra go to arrest Kordesh. They find him in one of the vanishing tunnels, claiming that he is not who he seems to be, and he commits suicide by throwing himself into one of the vanishing tubes, crushing him to death as the others look on, stunned. Jacob, after talking to Sarush, Selmak's host, agrees to blend with her. Selmak decides that she likes him as well, and also agrees to be combined. After the symbiote switches over to Jacob, Sarush dies, and Selmak starts to heal his cancer. Moving him would kill him, so they have to wait until Selmak has healed Jacob, even though the Gua'uld will arrive shortly. Jack spots Leandra, carrying a box in which he previously found the long-range communication device, and he stops her. She is revealed to be Kordesh, who has not died in the Vanishing Tunnel. That was only his previous host. She insists the plague that is the Tok'ra will soon be wiped out. Having regarded Kordesh as one of her friends, Garshaw is left disgusted by this news. She orders the Gould executed and put into one of the Vanishing Tunnels while attempting to save the host, Leandra. Stick a pin in that, that one was confusing to me. SG-1, SG-3, and Garshaw go to Carter, Martouf, and Jacob, who are still un- G- Jacob, who is still unconscious. Carter and Martouf agree to wait until Jacob wakes up or die in the vanishing tunnels. The rest make their way to, Stargate, to the Stargate. They barely make it through the Stargate with death gliders approaching from the skies. After some time, Jacob awakens, fully healed, both of his cancer and his arthritis, and they also try to escape. At the gate, they see that the Gul'uld are dialing into the planet from somewhere, and Sam tries to dial out faster than they dial in. A wormhole engages. They don't know who succeeded, and they take the risk to go through it. They, of course, go to Earth. 
the Tauri and the Tokra form an alliance because of Jacob, who agrees to function as the liaison between the two people. His last words before he leaves back through the gate with Garsha and Martuf are, Don't call us. We'll call you. The end. The end. So, Brent. So, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. You, you no, go. You go. No, you go. <clears throat> All right, fine. So, Zach. So, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, seriously. Seriously. You go. You go. All right. What did I think, or what did you think? Uh, I don't know. Pick one. I'll start. I'll start. <laughs> because this is going to be kind of a theme of my analysis for this for this particular episode. Um, Zach? Yes? Did it have to be two? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Did this have to be 90 minutes of story? <laughs> Because um, I kind of think it could have been done in 40. Well, maybe. There were a lot of parts that were moving really, really slowly. You're, you're right. This is not a fast-paced episode, and not a lot no. happens. No. And also, like, the, the cliffhanger was not that cliffhanger. I mean, I mean, like, I don't know. SG-1 is trapped interminably. Dun, dun, dun. It's like, uh, like, it just, it was, it was not that good. <laughs> it's just, just kind of where I'm at with the thing. It's like, I understand, I'm, I, I appreciate how, uh, you know, with the knowledge that Jacob Carter is going to be showing up several more, you know, lots more times. I mean, that, that, that confirms it. But I mean, it, it wasn't like it was a big giant secret that, uh, that, um, uh, the Tokra could be a potential uh, contributing story element for seasons to come. Um, you know, this is the, uh, what is this, the second time? Yeah, uh, this is the second time yeah. that we, on screen, have been talking about them or dealing with them. Uh, so, you know, it's it's kind of obvious to me that this is, you know, this is the this is a thing. We're going to set up a we're going to set up a, a relationship with the Tokra for for uh, somehow it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. It's going to, you know, like it, it, it could be uh, it could be filled with animosity. It could be filled with friendship. We don't know. We don't know. Well, but but this is the story about how this happened, which is great. For me, the tone, my opinion of this of these two episodes was set with the interminably long scene between Martouf, right? Yeah. And Sam on the dune while they're chit-chatting and Sam is trying to get her head around how a relationship could possibly exist with more than two people and la la la. And it was like I I wasn't convinced that watching Sam go through that understanding moment was necessary for the story. Hmm. Uh it didn't really seem to matter a lot. Um, there, it, the 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 interaction between Martouf and Carter throughout the rest of the episode um, barely seemed to m- be deeply influenced by that by that five minute exposition on the Dune. Um, and I don't know if it was five minutes; it felt like five minutes. Um, and to to me, there was an awful lot of that going on in this episode. 
uh, a lot of slow movement, a lot of deliberation, a lot of, but not even like deeply thoughtful deliberation or tense. Uh, what was the one episode with the trial um, where? Uh, uh, Is that um, the one with Teal'c on trial? Yeah, when Teal'c on yeah. trial, the Karai, yeah. Uh, you know, that one. Uh, I think it resolved a little too fast, but when we were in the thick of the tension, when we were in the middle of the legal drama part of the thing, it was kind of cool. Like, it was slow, but it was really, really, like, meaty. It was slow because it gave you kind of a big question to be like, bang, what do you think about that? Um, Oh, right, because it was all about the, you know, that the the obvious um, cognitive dissonance of military action uh, or martial action. uh, you know, when you're the good guys, it's a piece of cake to 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 be putting this martial action on somebody. When the when when you feel like you're the good guys and it's happening to you, you oppose it strongly. Isn't that hypocritical? Blah blah blah. It was great. There was a lot of meat on there. It resolved terribly, and we're not going to worry about that one anymore. But over <laughs> here in these two episodes, right? It was just it was just kind of plodding along, and instead of giving me a nice big old fat meaty question to be chewing on while it's plodding, it's just like, yeah, man resistance yeah yeah um that's interesting uh i agree with you that it is a very very slow episode or set of Mm -hmm. episodes um Mm -hmm. i think i don't know i kind of like uh the scene between martouf and carter because i think it it helps uh i mean Carter, since in the line of duty, and we've seen this over and over again, that she is struggling to incorporate what it means to having having been blended with Jolinar, and and yeah. she, that has that has scarred her psyche in a way. Um, and we needed to have an element, okay, that that, that goes through this process that she can process this and and understand it, um, and. <clears throat> While she gets the medical term wrong with schizophrenia, and she should have said dissociative, uh, um, oh gosh, now my personality. Thank you, dissociative personality. Thank you. My my brain just died there for a minute. Dissociative personality disorder. um, There probably is some some recognition in there, um, and and that scene is necessary. uh, And she needed somebody to have that with, and Martus is as good as anybody. Uh, She wasn't going to have that with anybody from the SGC. So it had to be somebody from the Tokra, um, and it makes sense then to to play that off of somebody uh, who had a connection to Jolinar, a special connection to Jolinar. Well, so then allow me to interrupt you for a, for a beat, okay? Just because um, I don't know if I'm being dense, and that is totally on the table. I am not above saying, yeah, I was just missing stuff. Um, then this this uh if carter has been struggling with this all this time how i have seen her on screen has been uh inconsistent with what i would want to see and what i what i mean by that is that you know it's a television show so you're gonna have to beat me over the head with it um Right. Like, it's not like I'm actually working with this person and I'm able to catch subtle cues here and there that she still is struggling with this thing. Um, You know, it's a TV show. And so if uh, if you want me to keep into the front of my mind that this thing is uh, a bother, a meaningful bother to her that she's going to have to come to terms with somehow, uh, even though she has mentioned it off and on at various points between in the line of duty and now it hasn't been something that I have been kind of seeing on her face 
over and again, uh, which would make this particular moment a relief of sorts. Uh, A moment where I'm like, yeah, go. I I would buy that. I I understand what you're saying there. Um, I think that it is there, but it's certainly not. um, It's not as realized as it would have been if this was a show that was being done today. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I, I would say that, keep in mind, this is 1998. This is at yep. the very infancy of serialized television. We yes. still don't yes. know how to do that uh, as as a an entertainment business um, or whatever. Um, yep. And so I would agree with you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that, that it's not as clear and set up uh, and part of that is probably because they didn't have, I mean, while they clearly had an arc, an idea that, that in the line of duty was going to lead towards something along the Tok'ra, um, I, I don't think they had that all fleshed out as well as they could have. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so they didn't have, uh, Amanda Tapping probably didn't have the information that she needed to oh, help totally. process all sure. of this stuff. Absolutely. And so, you know, and you're right. There isn't enough stuff there, uh, but you do see discomfort every time she starts talking about her experience with that. You know, every time she's you given, do like whoa, you do. I got this thing. What do I do with it? Um, you know, um, y- you see it's, that throughout there. Uh, but you're right. It could have been done uh, with eh, a little I bit mean, more okay. clarity. And you know, yeah, I'm totally willing to give him a pass. <clears throat> to one degree or another, but like uh, w- when I'm watching the scene on the dune, it's not. It was boring. It was. It, it, it was not captivating. It it felt more like uh, a clumsy attempt at trying to establish a love triangle than it did to try to provide a profound understanding about how blended minds could exist or operate or experience the world, um, and. So that's why I was like, "What? What's this about?" Like, and I didn't feel like it did much for the. Um, I didn't feel like it did much for for the character of Samantha Carter. Now I could be way wrong, and you know, as the series progresses, if if things happen that harken back to that moment on the sand dune, I'm probably going to be looking at that moment with more and more positivity. Sure. Uh, you know which I kind of anticipate, but, but right now I don't know. And this moment happened. And if I were, you know, just sitting there on the television, watching, watching a show, uh, in the fall of 98, uh, I would be like, you know, like, Oh, okay. That, that, that's done now time to do something else. Um, now, but I have a second question that's kind of related. You had mentioned correctly that she couldn't really talk to anybody in the SGC about this. So then there's kind of like, it's, this is kind of a bit of a two-parter. I'm confused then about how Teal'c and Junior interact. Um, and that was probably spelled out pretty plainly early, early, early on, and I just didn't really appreciate it. I know that Junior's a larva, right? Right. He's not fully grown. And as such, he does not actually control Teal'c. Is that right? Correct. And so also by proxy, there is no sharing that's going on. Right. So Teal'c is, um, oh man, what was the name of the 
character oh gosh i can't even remember the cartoon was it teenage mutant ninja turtles or is a big dude and it was a little like brain thing in his stomach i don't know oh yeah 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 it's not Um, like that right uh so then i should be thinking of teal and any and all wait are all jaffa do they all carry a junior yeah okay so then all those jaffa should be just brutes whatever okay um okay so there's a couple things going on here one um uh, okay i'm going to acknowledge that everything i say here may or may not be uh information that we have already learned but i know it i'm going to try not to spoil anything but okay okay so um the jaffa are functional incubators Right, uh, and that that incubation is needed on some level to assist in uh, the process between uh, joining a gold symbiote with a human. Gotcha. Uh, w- what exactly that means, we don't know, but there's that connection there. Now, when you know, Jaffa started off as as human on some level. Um, and are transformed into Jaffa in some way. Um, right. Exactly when and how, uh, we don't know. That's not established clearly, certainly not at this point in time. Right. Um, but when a Jaffa uh, has a symbiote, that symbiote acts like his immune system. And, right. um, and actually, that's basically it. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, the the symbiote acts like an immune system and gives him a longer breadth of life so that you yeah, get okay. uh, Jaffa that can live upwards of 200, 250 years. Gotcha. Um, so I think... Like Braytech, right? Like Braytech. Those are the two pieces yeah. that, uh, um, uh, that we know that the symbiote gives. Um, the symbiote then in a larval grows, and when it is mature enough, uh, then it wants to take a host, and then you can take that one out, and you put a new larva into the Jaffa, and the Jaffa keeps going. So theoretically, at this point, um, Junior is going to grow up, and then there's going to be some version of a problem for uh, the SGC. Whether or not it's actually a problem or not, you know, don't know. Right. Whether this dude wants to rebel or not, don't know. You know, there's an awful lot of things about that that we're not that we're not sure about. Right. But there, there minimally, is certainly a possibility that in the future, when Junior becomes mature, that yeah. they're going to have a, a potential problem. They're going to have to deal with yeah. something there because uh, Gua, Junior is going to now be a fully mature Guaul and. Um, He's going to want to host. Been told, what? Yeah. Have we been told how old Junior is in relation to that cycle? Is he like early on or mid-cycle or near the end? Like, well, I don't we don't think know. We for, know. So, so if you remember in the episode um, Family? Uh, no, yeah. it, it, it's the one when, when, um, when uh, Ryak gets a symbiote. Yes. Right? When yeah, Ryak, yeah. Uh, yep. I don't think it's Family. I think it's different. No, it's when we first meet Braytac. I can't we, remember yeah, the name of the episode. Yeah, whatever that episode is. Um in that episode, uh, uh, Ryak is sick, and so Tilk chooses yeah. to take his yeah. symbiote and put it into oh, Ryak. Right. 
And then, right. and then remember earlier in that scene, uh, yes. Carter and Jackson went and grabbed some, Stole some very, mm-hmm. very young symbiotes. Gotcha. So, so we got a reset. And we hear that, that Junior then, the Junior that we currently exist now with Teal'c, it was really too young to be implanted, even. Yes. But uh, was still implanted. And so Junior is very, very young in this process. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know if we ever find out exactly what that gestation period is. Um, Fine. But but, I, but we certainly don't know it now, and I haven't missed anything no, or much. No, gotcha. but that said, there there is no communication between uh, the symbiote and uh, his and, and the Jaffa. Uh, yep. And so now, so uh, Teok's... Getting a... Strength and all of that stuff is because Teal'c is just strong and wicked cool. Because Teal'c is big and beefy. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, so that's good. So then bringing it right back to Carter and the scene on the dune and what you said, there's no way that she could actually have some kind of uh, a conversation with somebody who has experienced it because literally no one around her has experienced what she has experienced. Right. Yeah. The only people who would have experienced that, I suppose she could have had a conversation with, um, um, what's her name from Samaria? Uh, but then we discover before, but you know, she meets her alive before she's been blended. And when they come back there the second time, she's dead. So she couldn't yeah. have a conversation with her. Um, and that leaves nobody to have that conversation with until right. here. Right. Right. Okay. Well, that's helpful. Well, good. I mean, it's 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 still post analysis, but you know. Well, you know. Or no, I don't know. Post analysis, after analysis, whatever. Anyway, but point is, okay, all right. So that scene is a little less boring to me, um, which is good. So I appreciate that. Good. But there was still, I mean, like seriously, like, boy, it did feel like they were trying to fill up time, uh, you know, See, as opposed to, go ahead. Well, I think that. The story is actually too long for a singular 40-minute or 43-minute period. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I think there there's too much to get into that without rushing it terribly. Now, that said, I would agree with you that it's probably not quite enough material for fully 90 minutes. Um, and sure. rather than finding a C story... Uh, that would go with the A and B story that we already have that to fill in some of that time that could perhaps see like that that's what they would do today in this yeah you know, with a mature yeah. serialized system is that they would then fill some of that extra time with a C story that would have nothing uh, or might be tangentially connected to this but then would set some build some seeds for uh, two three four episodes down the line whatever it is. Um, well, they did. They did. So they kind of they could have done it because they sort of kind of did create a sea story with the traitor. The amount of time that they spent with the traitorous. What's his name? Um, Kordesh. I can't remember. Kordesh with the trait with the with the treacherous Kordesh. Treacherous Kordesh um, was what screen time was probably. I'm going to peg it at maybe two and a half minutes across the two scenes, I think. Um Maybe three, but whatever. Point is, like, out of 90 minutes of television, the C story took up, like, two or three. Right. When they actually probably could have filled that out a little bit more. 
uh, made it a little bit more ominous uh, and woven it without too much trouble into the A and B story and had been successful at it. Well, one of the like, things. Imagine. Go ahead. Imagine. Yeah. If 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 we're talking about like you know trying to create an alliance, uh, Sam trying to understand uh, what had happened. Uh, and uh, use that information and knowledge to, to help with her father, et cetera, you know, w- weld that thing together. So there's the Sam arc. Uh, there's the, the Tauri Tokra arc. And then you have this little side story of like the, the Tokra are getting undermined or like, you know, there, there's this, there's this persistent evidence that like, there's something wrong. There's something not working. There's something. And then somebody suggests maybe like, you know, one thing that would, uh, would solve the, a lot of these things would be a spy in the ranks, at which point there's like, no, that can't be. And then you kind of chew on that one and you get more information. And then you finally end up with this moment where you're like, Oh, you with your little sphere ball thing. Right. It's not me. Uh, you know, like that, that wouldn't have been bad. That would have, that would have worked. And if you'd wanted to have a little less intrigue, then you could have used that C story to, uh, introduce, um, more of the system lords. You could introduce somebody else who, oh, uh, yeah. you know, you could have had them talking to, uh, the specific yes. system lord who is sending this fleet against them. Um, which does, I'll admit that this, the, the system lord attack here is, um, really, really thin. It's vapor oh, yeah. thin. Um, it's vapor, just vapor thin. Um, uh, and, and so, but you know, that would have been a situation where you could easily enough have, um, introduced, uh, another big bad to go along with Apophis right now. And we've, we've yeah. had... Uh, or and maybe who, who. maybe it's Herrer, and and you flesh out a little bit about who he is and what all of that is. Um, yeah, we don't cool. get that here um, at all. But that would have been cool. That would have been cool, uh, and that yep. probably would have um, also made that attack by the system lords feel uh, more a deadly, more dangerous. More dangerous. Yeah, uh, it was like, oh, okay. So I guess we have to go. Um. <laughs> well, uh, turn on the turn on the turn on the uh, the, the the packing machine. Yep, yeah. there it goes. There, there you go. Reverse the footage. <laughs> yep, yep. Throw the throw the bad guy in the tunnel. I'm not really the bad guy. Ah! No! Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Speaking of, all right. So I wanted to stick a quick pin in the whole like that moment where they discover that the that Kordesh is actually in the body of so and so and la la la. Yes. And when I when the first execution order when the order was given, I was earlier earlier what's her name? What's the leader's name? Earlier um uh, Garshaw. Garshaw kind of indicated that she wanted Kordesh alive for questioning, I think, and Kordesh is very clearly the 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 the, the symbiote, uh, not the host, right? And so at the end, when she's like toss her in the tunnel, I thought that the order was get Kordesh out and toss this shell into the tunnel, and I was like, whoa, whoa that's a little woof. Yikes! Um, because in my head, I was still thinking that they wanted Kordesh for questioning. And then when I was reading the synopsis, it was the other way around. It was toss the symbiote in the tunnel and keep the shell around because maybe we can save the shell. Right. That I think that's, yeah. that's okay. what was actually being said. Uh, although, right. that is interesting. Um, I hadn't thought that through there. Um, you know, uh, we wanted to, you know... Um, 
although, you know, at this point in time, uh, since we know that the symbiote and the host do actually share knowledge, and right. so even if Kordesh had died or whatnot, the the human host of Kordesh could have provided a lot of um, uh, intel on that process. Uh, that said, once you find that Kordesh has now taken over this other uh, Tokra, then... Yeah then the question becomes, at that point in time, now you save the captive prisoner and you dispose of whatever is left. Um, uh, but, you know, you, know, you could have kept that potentially for, for intel, but at the same time, you are now holding uh, somebody who is ostensibly a good guy hostage uh, for that knowledge, and yeah, that's a problem, potentially. Also, I'm realizing, let's also stick a pin in it because uh, now that I'm really thinking about it. So that moment happened way too quickly and they moved right along and la la la. But now I'm starting to unpack it and start to think about. So Leandra, I had to scroll up to see. So Leandra was the host. And what happened to Leandra's original symbiote? How did Kordesh uh, jump the ship? You know, like yeah. what? Um, and then uh, what's his name? A host of Kordesh. His name is something uh, else. Something, something with an F. Else. Yep. Um, uh, whatever. Uh, y- 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 the whole point of that the shell can't live without the symbiote because, duh. Er, okay, I know that Teal'c can't live without his symbiote. Right. Is it true that, that every host cannot live without their symbiote? No, it works differently. So... One of the things that you get with the long life and the increased health is that the symbiote is your immune system. That's what yes. it works for the Jaffa. Yes. It's different for the for the gold symbiotes themselves when they take a host. Um, okay. And so and we see this with um uh what's her name from Samaria? Uh is that she lost her symbiote. Um yeah. And she kept going. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, yes. So, that's you know, right. that, that's, that's right. not destroying the immune system of anything. Uh, there is a blending of mind, um, but also, at least with the, the, the Tok'ra, uh, there is an ability for each of them to uh, speak individually. Yeah, um, yeah. And, gotcha. and ostensibly, that would be available to the Gua'uld as well. However, the Gua'uld being different than the Tok'ra, um, at least ideologically, if not biologically, um, yep. would don't do that. They Honestly, the, this this whole conversation honestly has been extremely helpful. Like oh good. Well this is this is precisely the kind of thing that I wanted to uh to go through with well, with this whole little project, honestly, like, you know, talking mm-hmm. about this show, because unpacking this kind of stuff is really, really fun for me. Um, so th- quite frankly, what was going to be a pretty blase rating just kind of ticked up a little bit because this gave us an op- this gave me an opportunity to understand a whole lot more about the universe. Yeah, I think that's, that's what this, universe, that's what this episode universe. does well. Um, and what I'm hearing from you is that, um, without the knowledge of what comes later and how this actually becomes a foundational piece to that, um, this is hard to recognize that. Uh, me already knowing that I can look at this episode and says, Hey, this is the episode where these pieces are, right. are fleshed out. And yes. yep. I can see that. I can definitely see that. 
Um, one thing I did want to note, shifting gears a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. is that I thought that Carmen Argenziano did an excellent job in this episode, especially in uh, the second part of it where we see actually more of him. Uh, I thought the makeup they did on him yeah. was really, yeah. really good. It wasn't yeah. over the top, but it did make him look just a little bit sunken, a little ashen. Yep. Uh, yep. And then as he was coming into the gate room and they were leading him in there, he had this makeup on. And, and the way that he uh, hang, hung his shoulders. Yep. Uh, and, and, and it just, he looked like like he was very, very sick and emaciated and, and about to fall over and, and collapse. And I'm like, good on you, dude. That was, yeah. I really uh, liked that. Um, yeah, he did a good job. And I mean, he, he, I mean, he just did a good job start to finish. I'm thinking about the scene in the hospital, you know, like he was, he was selling it. I mean, and his awe and wonder in the gate room, his, um, so you're not going to tell me the truth. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, uh, his, his style and personality were coming through in his conversation with Sarkesh and Sarush. Um, yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, you know, I, I just, I like that. Now, the doctor, uh, can you tell me how long he has? Can't say with a cancer like this. Could be minutes. It could be a weeks. Right. It's like, oh, that's awful dialogue. Terrible dialogue. Totally. I hated that dialogue. All right. Stand uh, here and say these lines. Yep. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll give the actor some credit. He did the best as what he could with, with awful words, but... Um, but those are awful words. Um, and then when you compare that to uh, the conversation that you had between uh, Sarush and Jacob as, as she's interviewing him, and he's like, you know, good guy, bad guy, what's the difference? You're going to die. Right. I'm going to die if we don't do this. So, you know, let's just right. do this. Um you know, jump in with both feet and and uh, and such, uh, and and this is what what baffles me is that you've got Jonathan Glasner writing this episode, and you've got absolute crap for dialogue over here, and right. really solid, great, meaty, wonderful dialogue over there, and I'm like, right. Johnny, what's going on? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I mean. To me, now this is a little bit of confirmation bias, but it's still kind of happening. It like it really does feel like they had a story and they were trying to map it out and they were trying to trim it to 40 minutes and trying to trim it to 40 minutes and couldn't get there. And so they said, ah, forget it. Let's make a two-parter. All right, now let's expand it out and let's try to find a cliffhanger. Okay, this can be the cliffhanger spot and let's push it out, push it out, push it out. And so... Um, but instead of writing a story that takes 90 minutes to tell, they wrote a story that f- took 50 minutes to tell, and that was 10 minutes too long, and so they ended up having to create content for another 40 minutes, like, you know, or yeah. whatever, the Harvard math works. Um, and so so you get a scene in the hospital that, um, although I just kind of sort of moved the plot, whatever. Well, you, you I mean, you get that, a scene in the hospital. The, the scene that especially that you really don't need is is the the call that um, Hammond gets, you know, after SG-1 is left, he gets a call, yeah. and, and he picks it up, and he's like, what? 
oh, okay, I'll be right there. And then he clicks. Yep. Whatever, you know, that, that scene was completely superfluous. It would have actually yes. been better if you just saw him pop up. Because we already knew that Jacob and Hammond were friends. Yeah. We already knew that they had that relationship. Um, yeah. You know, now that I'm really thinking about it, I'm wondering if the Gould attack was also one of those uh, add-ins. Because now that I'm really thinking about it, the dialogue in the scene between Jack and Kordesh uh, when Kordesh is like, we don't have anything to hide here. Hello. Welcome to my chambers. Um, like, that one, it that one felt forced. Jack, the... They clearly only shot one angle of Jack's dialogue because it was that one that one kind of close up where the light was weird because it was like right under his chin, um, <laughs> and uh, you know and and you know Richard Dean Anderson delivered the lines and he did it in his Jack O'Neill way, which is like that kind of squinty, like you know, like you know, I'm not so sure, but it didn't really feel particularly organic, and it just didn't work that well yeah and then if i put over top of it the idea if i put the theory that the gould attack was an add-in um it certainly adds a lot of content as far as like screen action goes but it also starts to explain an awful lot of the things of like why didn't we see more of the motive you know like who which ghoul which system lord was attacking um why didn't we spend more time on the spy uh we went from uh like all is calm to like literally breaking down the doors and trying to get out as fast as we possibly could in a very, very, very short amount of time. We dealt with the spy in a total of 15 seconds. Um, Like, you know, there was an awful lot in there that was like, oh, if I assume that this was add in, it starts to make a bit more sense. If the original story was SG one meets the Tok'ra and attempts to form an alliance. And in doing so also solves the uh, Sam's dad has cancer arc. Uh, and let's use that as our package. Um, but we also have to uh, incorporate Sam's resolution with how she was taken over by one of these guys. Uh, that one, now that I kind of say that out loud, that one does feel like an awful lot of information trying to cram into 40 minutes. Yep. But that seems like that was the the, the first story. And right. then they had to blow it out. And now we add in a bit more time in the hospital. And now we add the, the, the system lord attack and the traitor. And then things are like, oh, well, now it's a little too long. And this doesn't quite make sense. And that doesn't add up. And, you know. Because the scenes that I really like, uh, I really like that scene uh, between Carter and Hammond uh, at the very beginning when, when she's stressing out about... Uh, you know, this is the first time I'm leaving that I think I might be leaving yeah. something behind. That was such a great scene and as well acted. Yeah. The dialogue was good. Uh, you've got the scene, of course, at the end with uh, Selmak and Jacob. Uh, and that process was good. Um, you know, I liked the scene overall between uh, uh, Martouf and, and Carter. You had some questions about that. Uh, but yep. you add these main scenes together, and then, of course, you've got a couple of bits of dialogue as they introduce themselves to the Tok'ra, as they kind of wrestle with the relationship. That's good. Uh, and then you start adding some of this other stuff that does uh, cause some some stresses with it. Um, yeah, it just doesn't quite... Just, yeah. It's not clean. Yeah. It's not that clean. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think... I've said my piece. That's kind of all I have to say, too. All right. So this is when I say, Brent, 
The Tok'ra. Yeah. Out of seven chevrons, how many chevrons does it get? Uh, it, it was slow. It was slow. There was a good amount of information, but it was told over too long of a time. Um, I didn't quite appreciate the con, the, 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 the importance of the information as I was watching it. The conversation afterwards has really helped out quite a lot. Um, I didn't think that this was a, a, a bomb of a show of, of an episode. Uh, so I was leaning towards giving it like three and I thought that was generous. But now that I have spoken about it, talked about it, kind of gotten more information, had a chance to nerd out about it. Um, I think this is a four out of seven. Uh, it's it's you, you got to watch it. There's information in here. Um, it's a little long, so you kind of have to muscle through it. So it's not a delight and it's not a joy, but it is meaningful. So four out of seven for me. There you go. Um, so I'm thinking about this episode. I was looking back last week. Uh, I gave Bane five out of seven chevrons. Yeah. And I gave Secrets also five out of seven chevrons. Um, and I'm looking at this episode. And if I look back at my remembrances, um, I, I've always thought that I have enjoyed or been looking forward to Tok'ra way more than Bane. And I'm like, okay, I got to huh. get through Bane to get to Tok'ra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but at the same time now, I'm, I'm talking with you through this and, you know, uh, seeing this again fresh with new eyes because, you know, I haven't seen this episode for the first time in a very long time. Uh, sure. And, and with you here, this is one of the great things that I love about this project is that uh, as I watch this slowly uh, and talk with you, I get to see these episodes through your eyes a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's like, oh, this is what it's like to see it for the first time again. Um, and that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then I was sitting here thinking, what am I going to give this? And I think that uh, really this, this can't get higher than a four. I think that this is also a four for me as well. So, despite I, the remembrances hear, of Bane yeah. being not, uh, you know, just let's get through Bane to get to Tok'ra. Uh, yeah. I still don't think that 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 the reality is this. I think I need to go with a four. But I think though that it's uh, really interesting and important to recognize that uh, that the enjoyment of individual episodes. Uh, this is like the understatement of the year, the no does statement of the year. Like it's quite obvious that upon uh, reinvestment in the, the, uh, in the series itself, like these things change over time, Yeah, which is kind of cool. Like that is a hallmark of an excellent story is that when you go back over it again, like it tells you new things. And so um, it's kind of encouraging to hear that like, yeah, sure. You, you know, upon talking about it and reflecting on it, um, we're kind of landing in the same spot. I'm coming up from kind of middling. You're coming down from, uh, from excitement. I, I, um, I would, I would put a pin in that and, and say what I think is happening is that last week, uh, I was able to see Bane in a new light and, and that was brought up because if I had, yeah. Before I had watched Bane last week uh, to talk about it, you, you know, uh, I probably would have said, "Oh, it's Bane. It's the one with a bug." Uh, yes, <laughs> that's got to be like a three. 
Um, yes. You know, that's probably where my brain was at that point in time. And then yeah. seeing it again through your eyes and then watching it again myself and, and the enjoyment, yeah. that brought that up. Uh, yeah. So I think this is actually probably where I would have put it, maybe a four or five, maybe somewhere in there. Um, sure. But but our experience of Bane last week uh, really elevated that one for me. Um, so there you go. There you go. Okay. This is fun. So, Brent. Yeah. Next week's episode is called Spirits. Yeah. Tell me about Spirits. Right. Well, first, you have to create the universe. And then once you do that, you now have the basic building blocks necessary to create stars. Many of these stars will be very large and they'll create more and more complex elements as they continue to burn through their fuel. And finally, in a vast explosion, they will put out heavy elements into, the, into their local vicinity, which will again coalesce into planets. Some of these planets will be in a perfect distance away from a host star along with a miraculous combination of hydrogen and oxygen to create water. That will start the process for life as we know it. Upon the process of life as we know it, one of the many things that will happen is that plant life will begin to grow. And along with plant life, hopefully there will be microbial life that will also turn into animal life. Some of these animals will continue to evolve. Some of these plants will as well. And you'll end up with a moment where you have a species that is intelligent enough to cultivate the plants that are growing. Upon the cultivation, some of these are going to be condensed into more uh, carbohydrate-rich uh, plants with a, with a fruit that is then uh, harvested explicitly because they contain these complex sugars. Okay. That is then harvested further and ground up and added into water and mashed and turned into something that is delightful, something that brings joy to millions upon millions of people and, and anguish to others as well, something that brings out a calming state or an excited state. It is one of the true wonders that have come from agriculture, and it is alcohol join us next week when we discover spirits okay so, Brent, so I, I have just just one question yeah well maybe probably many questions but we'll just start with this <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> where's jack sam daniel and teal in all of this well, they got so they're uh, sort of towards the end there with the evolution of the uh, sentient species that are able to cultivate grain. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's that's where that's where they that's where they fit. Oh, okay. So, right there, so right there at the end. they're the ones that are creating the spirits. Sure. So this is an sure. episode all about Jack and Teal'c growing the grapes and and the 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 yeast that they need to to make moonshine. No, no. This is an episode about the evolution that takes that's necessary. To take. This is going to be like a cosmos episode, and oh. at the very end, at the very end, we're going to see our favorite heroes uh, making whiskey. So it's it's like watching the first forty five minutes of two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely, exactly. This is their Kubrick moment. So there you go. Yeah. Okay, so Wait, so uh, uh, so am I am I close? Well, wh- why don't we watch the promo and 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 I'll <laughs> let you decide for yourself. Okay, all right, all right. 
Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, I'm hitting go now. Next on Stargate SG-1. It's our hope that this material may one day help us fight the ghoul. Yeah, green. We're going to make alcohol out of that crystal. Ooh. Whoa! all right? No. An attack from another world puts SG-1 on the defensive. Our friends are missing. They're not missing. They're with the spirits. Oh, boy. Oh, dear. Oh, no. I see indigenous people. Agenda. Last time we tried to do indigenous. Those are the indigenous people. Mining treaty with these people. And the government won't take no for an answer. They don't know. Won't hurt them. But this peaceful tribe of Indians are more powerful than they look. Woo! It's time to show the Earthlings. Hey. Oh, dear. Oh, no. There's no way to stop them. They'll destroy you. On the next Star one Okay. This one could be really awesome, or it could also be a train wreck yeah i mean I, this one uh i'm always nervous whenever there is uh first peoples or native americans or indigenous people on screen like yes like it's it's good it's really easy to screw that one up <laughs> it's really easy but having them be like yeah yeah uh you, we got some tricks up our sleeve that you don't know about like that could be cool that could it be fun could be We'll have to wait till next week to find out. There was nothing about a... There was no stills in that, though. I didn't see any copper tubing. There was nothing in there clearly about making alcohol. I'm sorry. Booze! <laughs> and there were also no large black obelisks as either as well. Yeah, or... Um, or uh, Yeah, no, or... Yeah. On the moon, you know, right? Yeah. So, but, but that's Spirits, and we'll find out next week um, what that one's about. Cool. So, uh, listeners, tell us what you think about the Tok'ra. This has been kind of a long episode, one of the longest episodes we've ever had, actually. Yeah, uh, but we, we talked talk about, about a lot of stuff. So tell us what you think about this episode. Tell us where we got it right. Tell us where we got it wrong. Tell us uh, anything that you want about this episode and other episodes. Just don't spoil too many things for your Brent. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you can do that by finding us on Facebook at the Walking Through Stargate Facebook page or the group uh follow us on twitter at stargate walking and tell us everything that you know about there uh let's make our social media presence something that is actually valuable and useful and good <laughs> for the world don't just make me food. regret coming back to facebook uh yes don't make brent now plenty of other things on facebook can make brent regret it but don't yes. you be one of them that's um, that, yeah there we go that's that's best there thing. you go uh, and uh, also, you can talk to us on email. Uh, I am getting better at checking the email uh, on a more regular basis. Um, and uh, the more you email us, the easier that is, because I actually have something to read and check. And huh. you know, so all of that stuff. You can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail dot com. That's W A L K I N G T H R O U G H T H E S T A R G E. Oh, S T A R G A T E. Oh. At gmail.com. Oh, can't anyway. get it right all the time. But, man, you do good. You do really well there. You know, a lot, I, I, a lot I of letters. Yeah. Well, you know what I really need to do is just record this once, go really uh, slow, smart. and then have you in post, you know, like, like fast forward it, speed it up for me yep. so yep. that I get it right every time. Every time. I don't think he's going to do that for me, folks. Nope. Not happening. <laughs> In any case, let us know what you think about this episode, and uh, uh, let's make it a fun place. Yeah, uh, this is a good one, though. Thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for making it better. Honestly, like I was kind of absolutely, and now I'm uh, <laughs> thinking much more of it. Oh, good, good, good. 
So uh, with that, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. <laughs>